On this upcoming attractions, we got Zombieland Double Tap, Jojo Rabbit, Cats, and a whole lot more. Plus our review for The Lion King 2019. All this and a whole lot more on Midnight Double Feature. Another day, another podcast. I'm Matt with Zoheb, and we're back for another upcoming attractions. Zoe, how we doing? I'm good, dude. Hot off the hot off last week, the Comic Con special, man. That was a fucking jam packed thing, wasn't it? It was, and honestly, like, there's so much we didn't talk about, which, like, probably a good thing, or that could have been a 12 hour long episode. Um, in fact, uh, what's kind of weird to me. And I, I guess it's always like this, but it only just really stood out to me now while preparing for this episode. Like, everybody knows Comic-Con's such a big deal that the week after it for news, it's usually pretty quiet. So, this might be a bit of a shorter episode, but we do have a bunch of stuff that was released just before Comic-Con. And then, of course, we've got Zombieland as well. Well, it might be a short episode. It's going to be a good one still, I reckon. But I think we should oh, probably- I reckon too. Yeah. But we should probably get into some um, sad news real quick. I'm going to get the name wrong, but um, someone who is a part of the Midnight Double Feature artwork has passed away. Uh, Zoe, do, do you want to tell us about this? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Holy shit. It's, it's only because this happened like last week. That's why I'm just like kind of like blanking. I'm like, wait, who? <laughs> um, but no, Rut- Rutger Hauer. Man, the le- the man, the myth, the legend, Rutger Hauer passed away at the age of, I believe it was, I don't want to fuck it up, I believe it was 75. 75, it's 75, um, yeah, I got it here. I only, yeah. I, I don't mean to throw you under the bus, but yeah, I just threw that to you because I was scared I was going to pronounce the name wrong, which is, uh, it's a very <laughs> no, common no, no, no. thing in Midnight yeah. Double Feature, I always get names wrong. <laughs> no, that's all good, I'm usually the name guy, so it's fine. Um, but yeah, Rutger Hauer, the legend. Man, I woke up to that, and you, uh, I know, I know, because um, Colin's pretty much Colin's favorite movie is Blade Runner, mm. um, and like that first Blade Runner, the, the 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 Ridley Scott one. So I woke up to it, and it was just like like he posted on our socials, and it was a quote from, uh, you know, the famous quote, the tears in the rain quote, um, mm. that that his character gives in that film, and um, yeah, heard that he passed away, and I'm just like, man, that that. That sucks. I, I do wish I'd seen more of his stuff. I've only seen The Hitcher. Uh, I've seen that. I've seen Sin City, obviously, because we covered it for the podcast. Um, and I've seen a couple more. But, I mean, that guy, if you go through his IMDb, dude, he had acted in so many fucking movies, man. Like, when when people say that he died a legend, they're not wrong because he was a, a titan of the industry. Um, and it is really sad to see him go. But um, I, I feel man, like looking at, at his like uh, filmography, he was a bit of like a, a quiet achiever. Like he, he was in a lot of stuff, but like a lot of them, like I'm looking, it's like, oh, I've seen these films, but I don't remember him. Um, and that maybe just maybe it's a generational thing, but like I don't realize he was in Batman Begins. I didn't realize he was in Sin City. And you know yeah, what else he's he in? Um, I yeah. never saw it, but I've always wanted to watch it. And I, I probably will now in honor of him. I've always wanted Hobo to watch- Hobo with a shotgun? Hobo with a shotgun. Um, I remember when that trailer came out and I was like, I love how fucking weird and like intentionally B-grade this is. It looks like a, it looks like it's a lot of fun. Um, I'm, I'm probably going to check that one out. Well, that trailer, soon. that trailer, um, came out, um, like it, it was, it was before, um, God, I can't remember which one it was, but remember when like, uh, Tarantino and Rodriguez did the, the, the Planet Terror yeah, and Death yeah. Proof films the back to back stuff, in Grindhouse. Yeah. yeah. And then they had the fake trailers and one of them was Hobo with a shotgun mm. and then they made it into a feature film. Yeah. Like. Uh, that's like a weird, when you talk about cinematic universes, that's like a, that's kind of counts as one, right? It's a little weird grindhouse one that it, like kind of exists. And those are all fun movies. Like I'm sure a lot of people fan of, um, is it Death Proof? I think it's called. Um, but I think it's all right. I hate but, Death Proof. I mean, it's I, the only Tarantino film that I hate. I, I don't hate it, but it's, I think we can all agree it's his weakest film. But, um, dude, I love Planet Terror. I like the Machete. I actually really like the Machete films. I also think it's hilarious that the first Machete film with uh, oh, who was the villain? Robert De Niro. It reminds me so much of Trump. Like he's trying to build a wall to Mexico. He wears a red tie. He's he loves his guns. Like it gets that got me cracking up when I realized that comparison. Uh, that was way before its time too. So yeah, I don't know. Anyways, shout outs to him. Always sad to see so a Rutger legend Hauer. go. 
Yeah. It's <laughs> always sad to see a legend go, thank you for your work and contributions. But let's move on to the happy news. But before that, Zoheb, where can we find Minute Double Feature if we want to stay up to date? Yeah, so guys, we are on Facebook. You can follow us on Facebook. There's our main page, which is Midnight Double Feature, and then we also have our group that's attached to that called The After Party. That's where we post memes, news, and teasers of what's to come here on Midnight Double Feature. That's also where we have our uh, our growing community that contribute to discussions, ongoing discussions about films. Uh, you know, we're always they're always commenting on new posters and new trailers and things like that. And that's also where um, they're able to get their comments in on whatever film we're covering this week. So yeah that's an awesome page uh but then we've also got our instagram which is at midnight double feature and then we've also got our twitter which is at mdf pod and remember to rate and review us on itunes yes please um so i'm just going to go through some some quick little news things bulletproof stuff bullet point style and just tell me if you got any special reactions surprise surprise spidey hit a billion dollars that's cool right and then other thing is the first spider-man movie to ever do so Yes, yes, you, which is kind of surprising because you think of Spider-Man, it's meant to be one of Marvel's biggest properties. It, it sells some of the most toys, but it took this long to hit a billion, Um, which like I say it like it's like a, oh, I can't believe you only hit a billion, but like that didn't used to happen back in the day. Like now it just feels like Marvel do it every 10 minutes. And as a result, um, yeah. this has taken Disney into um the, 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 the highest earning movie studio like they broke some new record. Apparently, they owned the last one, but yeah, good for them. Um, Do you know then, how much they made? Oh, it's it's a lot, isn't it? I got you. So, uh, with five months left, and with still a couple of big releases coming up, including Star they Wars, are currently including Star Wars, including I think Maleficent's out this year too, right? Yeah, um, I think there's another big one as well, but it's slipping my mind. Yeah, um, seven point six seven billion dollars, which is like you know. I, I know I made that last week, but that's just because I'm like you know a legend with that, you know. But, <laughs> but good you know for what, them. dude? <laughs> I, I did I did look it up. I did look it up because I wanted to see like how much that actually ma- like that actually matters to Disney. But I looked up Disney's net profits, right? Like because you you need to you need to remember that you know they make most of their profits from the theme parks, dude. Right, Disney's yeah. net profits, where it stands currently, um, is somewhere around the ballpark. Of a hundred and thirty billion dollars, like thirty seven point six billion is kind of nothing, right? Like oh, for them, yeah. Like you gotta think, like even their films alone make more money than some countries. Like they yeah. they are insane. Are they the biggest company out there, money wise? Like I'm sure there's some oil tycoon out there somewhere, but that's insane. And now that they own Fox, like talk about monopoly. But I'm not mad because the movies are fucking good. Right? Even their shit films are still pretty good. So I know. We'll get to the Lion King. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then uh, the only other thing I got before we get into trailers is um, you just posted about this today. Uh, it Chapter 2 is runtime is two hours and 45 minutes, which I'm guessing is a record for horror films. Um, do we want to see a horror film that that's. If that's that long, what do you thought? What do you reckon? Uh, I mean, I mean, look, uh, not not really, like not not a horror movie, like I mean, fucking Saw or some shit. But I think I'm in if it's it. Um, I think that there's a lot left from the source material that they haven't really told, and I I have a I have complete faith in this director Andy Muschietti because that first it was fantastic, and that first it was no joke either in terms of runtime. I think it was two hours fifteen something like that. So I'm I'm down. Uh, like I I am a hundred percent down. Like I mean, look, long movies to me I like like long movies like i can sit through a long movie any fucking day of the week as long as it's good quality like you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah, the, the, this, I, there's, I watch- this, there's this new trend you are right where it feels like they're just trying to sh- make the movies longer for the sake of it so you feel like you've got your money's worth but when the movie's not good that's actually a negative thing so yeah but i, I agree with you man like the last one's really good i guess you know what this does explain though we were talking last week and we we're just talking about how you were you were saying it about how confident this these trailers have been, and I, I was surprised by how much like variety we're getting and stuff. They're not going back to the same wells to dig up, and I, I guess this is why. I'm guessing this movie it's jam packed with content, and it's probably pacing really well through scene to scene. 
that's the impression I'm getting, especially knowing this runtime now. So, fuck, talk about confidence. Dude, I, I think this is going to be a really good movie. I'm excited. Yeah. But anyways, let's move on to our trailers. Let's start off with- Look, let's let's do the one that I think most people have talked about. Zaheb, lay it on me, brother. What did you think of the trailer for Cats? Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, look I, I, I totally forgot this was coming as well. I remember looking up because I remember watching the King's Speech and I was like, man, what's this director up to now? And then it was like, oh, Cats. Because like the King's Speech, you know, best picture winner. And it is a fucking great movie, man. Like that mm. movie is outstanding. Tom Hooper is the director of that movie. So... This trailer dropped sometime before Comic-Con, literally just before Comic-Con started, I think. And, man, this yeah. talk about backlash. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it got destroyed. I think I think, I think, think there is something weird going on. Like, it, it, it seems like it, it's kind of distracting, the, the, the blend of the CG and the prosthetics and the actors. It's just not – it doesn't seem to – coalesce uh and it just it takes away from their performances just a little bit in the trailer for me um look that might not be uh that that might not be the case in the actual film in the final film they might not even that that might not even be what they look like in the final film i doubt they'll change drastically their looks their appearances but it's it's still super distracting um like james corden probably comes off the worst dude like i was just like what is what is what is happening here and look i don't like james corden like i'm not really the biggest fan of him so it's just like i don't i don't know um and look they've got amazing actors in this film like you got fucking idris elba for one right like like you've got judy dench right like how did judy dench sign up for this shit like she's just like they're just like oh she's like oh cats i remember that watching it when i was like (laughs) like you know like when i was a hundred years old like (laughs) older like years ago whatever the fuck so yeah i don't know man it it looks kind of like it it's piqued my curiosity i'll definitely watch the trailers oh sorry I'll definitely keep an eye on the reviews before, like, when this movie comes out to see which way they land, like, whether they're overly negative, whether they're overly positive. I have a lot of faith in this director, Tom Hooper, so I might go check it out, but the the CG work is, it's it's weird. I do, I do kind of wish they went with a little bit more, a bit more of a practical route. Yeah. Um, look, honestly, I don't think I've ever been more split on a trailer than I have in a long time on this because- on one hand, okay, you're doing a musical film. You've got a great cast for that. Then you get like a, a nice stunt casting with a singer like Taylor Swift thrown in the mix. And it's like, okay, I'm intrigued. And it's based off like one of the most successful and popular musicals of all time, which I've never seen and always been curious to see. So you've got me on board a little bit there. But the direction they've taken for the CGI, it is bizarre. And I get they're going for like a whole Avatar thing or even like an Alita Battle Angel thing. But like the way people reacted to this, like you ha- it makes you think of Sonic the Hedgehog, right? Um, the way that it seems like they went weirdly a little bit too realistic. Maybe it would have been better if they were like, they actually looked like cats or something. I, I don't know. And then you got this negative band backlash, but I think the problem is, as opposed to Sonic, where like, well, Sonic, okay, it's one character. They can make some adjustments. They can push back, push it back a bit. That's okay. This, like, every character in the film basically looks like this. You, you can't reshoot that. You've got to commit to this. That being said, I understand where they came from because you look at the the, the Broadway show, and they're literally people dressed as cats. So they're like, okay, what if we just take that to the next level where we blend in the costumes of the people? But for me, like, and I get there's some uncanny valiness to it, but for me, it's a little creepy and weird because it's like, first of all, they, they look like human people, but they're shrunk down to the size of cats. When you see them interacting with objects like plates and beds and stuff, it's a little weird. And then you get like the faces that kind of look like they've been copy and pasted onto these bodies a little bit. And it's, it's a little off-putting. And I got to tell you, the way that I, the day that I saw this trailer, the day it came out, I was talking with some people at work and there was someone there and he's like, oh, I've seen the, the musical. I've seen it twice. It's amazing. It's one of the best musicals you'll ever see. 
this movie will be amazing. And then me and my work colleague just start laughing. It's like, you should watch the trailer. He's like, no, nah, I got work to do. I'm like, you're fucking watching the trailer. And it kind of forced. So we, we all watched him react to it. And his reaction was, this movie looks great. It's going to be insane. It's going to be insane. And we're like, but don't you think it's weird or whatever? He goes, yeah, but that's kind of like what it is. And then he's like, the songs are that's so what, good. I'm, you'll forgive I'm, it. I'm on that. I'm on that boat as well. Like, I, like it is, it is what it is. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what, what the fuck are they supposed to do? Yeah. Well, the only like, other thing like, you could story- do, I guess. Is go a Disney route and have them be actual cats, but it's not like you can do that at this point, you know. No, no um, I don't. I don't think so. Because like you need to, you need to get that story and you need to get the performances in there. Like that, this is an Oscar movie. This is going for an Oscar. Well, like that's the, like, that's, that's the next that's, point. It's not they. They clearly they're going for the Oscar for this, and I don't know if it's ever been attempted before. They're they're in unique they're in unique territory. A live action musical that's so heavily reliant on CGI with the main characters and performances. I've got to give them at least some credit for trying something different. And I guess how else would you try this? So um, I'll probably watch it anyways, because I'm always interested in seeing something different or I like seeing when, when I love it when films get negative backlash. I love like trying to like watch these films and study them to understand why and whether or not it's deserved or not. So I'll definitely check it out. But, and also I'm just curious. I've never seen the, the musical, but yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of funny. Hey. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. It, I mean, look, it's just I don't know. It, it, I think I think it's it's tough to sell as well. You are right. It's a tough sell. You wouldn't think it would be a tough sell, but like when you look at it, it's like wow. Okay, let's move on a little bit. What do you think of this JoJo Rabbit teaser we got? So I I just watched this literally like just before the recording. Man, it's it's only a minute, but it it, it like Taika Waititi's. Humor just shines through so fucking well, dude. Like that guy has an absolute gift, and I think you know after what we do in the shadows, after the hunt for the wilder people, after Thor Ragnarok, I will be there day one for, for for this guy now. Like he's just he's proven himself, you know. Um, this looks this looks like it may push some buttons. Like <laughs> I, it looks, you know what I mean. Like it looks controversial as shit. Yeah. Um, and, and it's and it's loaded with like fucking a, a star studded cast dude like Stephen Merchant, Scarlett Johansson, like Taika Waititi himself. Man, I'm 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 on board. Like it, Rebel Wilson, it's yeah, it, it's it's definitely got a cast dude. And fucking my boy Sam Rockwell, dude, hot off the Oscar win after three billboards. You know, like I I love that guy. So this this looks a movie that's kind of like right up my alley. Just like a weird. I love that Tyke is like bringing this kind of like new different kind of sense of humor to Hollywood. Like, if you if you look at this kind of sense of humor as compared to like an Edgar Wright kind of humor, they're very unique in their own way, but they're very sort of like similar. If that if that makes sense, like they're they're not. It's not just like screwball comedy, like slapstick comedy. It's actually kind of like clever and a little. Uh, you know, a little thought provoking as well. So I'm really, really clean, really keen to see like a, like this, you know, this fucking awesome comedy, man. Like I, I love this guy. Yeah. Oh man. Takwatiti's humor. It's hard to describe. Like I, there's, there's something unique about it. I was actually thinking about this the other day and I can't figure out how to word it yet. Like it, it, there's definitely some English vibes, but That's what I'm also saying. American like, I feel like vibes. there's some British it's, humor in there. It's yeah. it's kind of a combination of a lot of things, but I love it. He's he's a breath of fresh air. That being said, the visual style of this film, I feel like it's a little different for him. I'm getting a little bit of a Coen Brothers vibe just by like the way that they use the color and the shots and stuff like that. And I'm still down for that. Like, you know, um, when I think of Taco Atiti, I think of his brand of humor rather than his visual style or whatever. But yeah, and you right, like you said, like they clearly gone all out with this. It's it's interesting to see a Hitler satire, and it's a satire, and I feel like we don't get a lot of satires in the comedy film these days. So I'm I'm, I'm always glad to see that. But it's PG it's PG thirteen, which is interesting, and you got a lot of these people who have been attached to Disney and will continue to be. So like, I wonder if if any behind the scenes how they feel about that. Or if they're just if they're super giving freedom, but dude, it's Taco Atiti, man. I, I'm I'm on board, and I have a feeling based on what I've read, and I haven't read a lot, but based this is based on a book apparently, um, with a different name, and I'm getting the vibe that there's a lot of heart to this film because so he's not playing Hitler himself; it's an imaginary, ver- idealistic version of Hitler 
from the perspective of a young child who looks up to him. So I'm guessing maybe there's like some sort of arc about learning his wrong or, or something like that. Um, that, that, that's yeah. speculation on my end. But like, I feel like there's a lot of, there's a lot of places you could take this, a lot of interesting places and you could do a lot of character growth with that. So the concept alone is really book. Gr- gripping. Yeah. It's based on the book Caging Skies by Christine Leunins. And, oh, uh, actually, the score, the music is by Michael Giacchino, who works with J.J. Abrams a lot. He's a fucking great composer, that guy. Mm, cool. Yeah, man, I'm on board. What do we think of, and I'm not seeing any complaints about it, but I think it's worth seeing it. Saying it, Taika Waititi's technically in whiteface, but I don't think anyone's offended by that. I mean, he is playing Hitler after all. It would be a hard pitch to sell Hitler. Is he in whiteface? Well, he's he's kind of like he's got some makeup. He's definitely more pale than he is. They've done some makeup stuff with him. Well, I don't know if that counts. Like again, I don't think anyone's calling racist after that. Again, he's playing Hitler. But I don't know that's an interesting observation. I think um, I'm surprised it hasn't created more conversations about that. Um, but then again, I don't know what to say about that other than, hey, I saw this. I'm to be honest, to- I don't really, that's not really an issue for me. I've never really cared about that kind of stuff. I mean, if Robert Downey Jr. can play uh, a, a black <laughs> a black <laughs> actor who is an Australian white actor uh, as an American actor, then yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that. oh man, just thinking about that's always a crack up. But- but yeah, it's it's uh it's interesting. I thought that would ruffle some feathers. So, but so far, I'm not seeing anyone complain about this film. And there's so many things that Adolf could Hitler. piss people off. <laughs> no yeah. one gives a fuck. No, no, but even even like the fact that it's like a comedy about Hitler, like you think some random like the, in this day and age, people get so mad over so little things. I get what you're saying, like, but I'm glad just like, that oh, no one said anything. Guy. That's great, and you know what? I'm happy for that. I wish the world was more like this. I wish we got less pissed off about things. We'll we'll, we'll wait until there's an offensive scene coming out of this movie because I feel like there has to be. But anyways, let's, let's move know, on. At, at PG thirteen, oh. I don't think so. Uh, yeah, good point. Good point. Good point. Let's move on. Let Let's save Zombieland for last. That's probably the big one. Let's talk about what do you think of playing with fire. If you even remember it. I know it was a while ago that came out. What the fuck is Playing With Fire? Playing With Fire is a a family-friendly kids film starring John Cena. Oh, and, dude. dude uh, I didn't, I'm going to be honest Mark- with you. I didn't watch this trailer at all. Like, okay. you, can, you can take this one. Yeah. Oh, well, just for if anyone's curious, interested, uh, John Cena's going the kindergarten cop route. Uh, it seems like all these like muscular action heroes do something like this. Like kindergarten cop, the pacifier, tooth fairy, you name it. Uh, but weirdly, like as someone who's not John Cena's biggest fan, this is the best casted he's ever been. Like his usual up tightness really suits him in this role. Uh, basically, he's like a firefighter and he's he's in charge of taking care of these kids, like getting them back home because of some fire he saved them from or whatever. Look, if I had kids, I would take them to see this. It actually generally looks funny. Um, but I'm not going to go see this by myself because it's clearly aimed at like eight-year-olds. But I thought it's worth mentioning. It, it looks good for a kid's film. And I usually don't say that about a lot of kid's films that aren't animated. Um, okay, I've, never move- really, oh, uh, I've never really taken to that that expression. It looks good for a kid's film. Like, I'm not picking on what you said. Like, I mm. mean, look at Coco, look at Toy Story 3 and 4, and look at like Spider-Verse. Like, no, you but know they're what animated. Kids movies they're these animated. days- Think of non-animated yeah, but- kids' films. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I, I'll make an exception for animated films because I love animation. How many kids' films that aren't animated you see trailers for and go, I would watch that? Probably not a lot, right? I mean, I don't watch kids. I don't I don't really watch those anyway, but- Because we're not kids. I mean- <laughs> But I think it's interesting- yeah, well, I mean, we're, we're big kids. No, we, we are. We are fucking ch- We are fucking children, let's be real. Uh, but you know what so got me thinking, looking at this trailer, is like, we would still call a lot of kids' films from back in our day classics. We love Home Alone, I assume. We both like Home Alone. Fucking what else comes to mind? Shit like Gremlins and even E.T. You could say maybe is a bit of a kids' film. I have a feeling Playing With Fire, just based on this trailer of the quality of it, this could be like Home Alone for the kids growing up now or something, you know? I could be completely whoa, whoa, fucking whoa. wrong. Matt, you need to you need to just just back off the gas there a little bit. But that's a kids film. Like if that if Home Alone came out right now and we're in our like mid to late twenties, we wouldn't give a shit about it. We'd be like, oh, it's a nah, dumb film with people I think, fall over I the think stairs. Home Alone's got a lot of it's got a lot of charm to it still, dude. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's tough to capture that kind of charm still. Well, are you seeing any kids' films that come out these days you think you would put on that standard quality? 
Probably not, right? Ugh. I think it's because we're looking through it through nostalgia lenses. No, I don't think so. Because I, I watched. I mean, look, I I didn't really grow up on Home Alone like a lot of other people did. I know, shocking, right? But I kind of watched it recently for the first time ever. Um, oh, really? Relatively recently, yeah. And, and I I fucking dug it, dude. Like, you know, it's not a it, it's 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 not fucking trash. And like, I I didn't really watch it through the lens of like you know someone who's completely like. Just huh. jaded. Um, That's I, interesting. I like it, it, yeah. It, yeah. Well, Chris Columbus is just a he's he's great with kids. Like he's great with child actors. So um, I guess the only other thing I can think of that might be a good example of a kids film. Where that's that's recent that adults would enjoy a lot. That's live action. Is maybe the early Harry Potters, but as I've famously I said before, that, yeah. I haven't seen those. But from my understanding, like the first three or four, like aimed at a much younger audience than the rest of them, aren't they? Yeah, uh, yeah, the first two especially. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. But would you watch um, one of those now and still enjoy it? I usually skip the first two. I mean, like, not, <laughs> okay, fair enough. It's 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 only because I'm like older now, and I'm just like I like the darker shit. Give me that dark shit. Um, <laughs> you, you know, there's been some like the like Disney's made some attempts at like some live action sort of like kids movies, like uh, A Wrinkle in Time, but that didn't really pan out. But yeah, I mean, you know, BFG Royal Dolls one. I don't I don't know, man. Like I'm just oh, throwing some fair. out there. That's fair. That was that, that was fun. Let's talk about uh The Fanatic. Uh so this movie is directed by Fred Durst of Limp Biscuit fame and stars uh John Travolta in a very <laughs> a very interesting role. Um, this looks like a bit of a low budget film. Uh, what, what are your initial reactions to this trailer, bro? Um, someone said it in the after party, so it's basically misery. Yeah, I, I guess right. I haven't seen misery, but it seems like a similar concept. Yeah, I mean, like it's it's basically misery. It's just like a uh, a fan who you know doesn't know where the boundaries are, and they kind of like take the the person they idolize like kind of like hostage, or like you know they terrorize them and shit like that. But like, here's the thing with this movie. So John Travolta's character is clearly kind of like mentally challenged. Yeah, yeah. So 100%. how does he? How does he like kind of like overcome? Like how does he break into his house? And I don't know. I feel like there's going to be a lot of stretching in this one, man. Like a lot of lot of stretch. If I watch it, dude, because like John Travolta. Last year, <laughs> last year, his movie Gotti is on the list of one of the worst movies of all time. Like really? Gotti, yeah, directed by um fucking I forgot his name, uh, someone Connolly. God damn it, he played E in Entourage. But like anyway, so he played John Gotti in this biopic. I believe it's on Netflix right now, actually. And apparently it's terrible. Like, it's on 0% on Rotten Tomatoes and it's just awful. So, John Travolta is not having a good time right now. He needs a win. This this looks, this looks you know, sort of decent, but I'll still, you know, still wait for reviews. Still see where we go. Like, if, it's, if it goes straight to, like, 0% on Rotten Tomatoes, I'm like, I'm good. I will pass. Thank you. I have a feeling it, it won't get great reviews. I'm not excited to see it. For, for a few, few reasons, um... Uh, one, I think John Travolta is terribly miscast for this role. Like, okay, let's be real. He's done a lot of shitty films lately. I can't remember last time he did a memorable film that people seem to actively care about. I feel like he did this because he's probably friends at Fred Durst. I, I don't know that for a fact, but I do get that vibe. I, I feel like a younger person should have played this role. And I'm not saying I'm not mocking his performance. And I think the on your comment of the mentally challenged thing, I think it's more like maybe it's not that he's slow. Maybe it's more that he's just like psychotic with the way that he reacts to people and stuff. But it would have been probably more interesting. I don't, if, I don't think psychotic's the right word. Maybe like socially challenged, socially or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we got to be but, careful with the word psychotic, dude. <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> you can't just throw that out there. But it's but it's, but it's, but it's to a point where it's like potentially murderous but yeah yeah so i don't know i feel like it, this movie would have just made a whole lot more sense if the victim was a like female pop star or something and it was some like creepy stalker guy trying to kill like i don't mean to rewrite this film but but yeah that would be the thing that makes more sense initially um and then i and i I think this will always get some flack because it's easy to take the piss out of John Travolta these days. And the internet loves to make fun of Fred Durst. These uh, days? 
Uh, okay, always, I would say. <laughs> Brent Durst <laughs> has always been a meme, um, for better or for worse. Like, no, no, I, not Durst. I'm talking about Travolta, dude. Oh, Travolta. Like, okay, yeah. both of them. They're both easy to make fun of. It's true. Even, like, I, I'm a fan of, like, sure, he was amazing in Greece. I love Face Off. He's got some good ones, but ever since he went down at Scientology room- good in Face Off, though. I, I kind of like him in Face Off because he's, he's, he's doing an impersonation of Nicolas Cage- and Nicolas Cage is trying to do an impersonation of John Travolta. So they're both overacting, I think, intentionally, I think. Um, but maybe that's just me loving the Nick Cage-iness of it. Um, I, I will admit, I know it's not a perfect film for, for starters. But yeah, ever since that Scientology route, John Travolta has been a bit of a joke. He hasn't done the recovery that Tom Cruise did. Um, and, you know, he's went downhill. And then Fred Durst, people have always loved to make fun of him. I'm a Limp Biscuit fan, but I will admit he is pretty cringy with the stuff he does. Uh, this isn't his, like, I think, I um, could be wrong, but I think this is his first film he's directed. I know he's been directing music videos for a while. He directed a music video of a band I like called Dead. Um, but, yeah, this doesn't look like a good film. Um, but I'm really, I am a bit interested in it, in it. I might check it out if it's on TV or something, but yeah, it's, it's, the, the trailer's a bit of a lull. So if you're curious, uh, check it out. Um, let, let's move on. Speaking of movies that didn't look very good, but in this new trailer, it's, I don't know, I'm sort of coming around on it now. Um, what'd you reckon this new Gemini Man trailer, bro? With Will yeah. Smith. So that first trailer, I wasn't really on board with. I was just like, ah, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, it looks super generic. Trailer two still looks generic. Like, like there's still, like it still looks a bit, meh, I don't know. It, it is definitely a little more exciting than the first trailer, but just like literally the word, the operative word there is little more. <laughs> I think, I think there are moments where CG Will Smith looks a little off but I'm not going to get hung up on that. The thing that I'm really interested in is Ang Lee's sort of like, and I mentioned on the first time, like the first time we covered it, he's using this technique where he speeds up the frame rate for the action sequences. Like you'll notice if you watch the, the trailer again during the action sequences, they look a little sort of like smoother. They look kind of like made for TV sort of thing. That's kind of like, you know, the 48 frames per second that the Hobbit movies had. Uh, it's kind of like that. And you'll you'll notice it if you watch the trailer again through that kind of like lens. It looks super weird, but at the same time, kind of like, unique but again it might detract from it you know being like it looks look, looks a little tv tv quality i'm really i'm really kind of interested to see how that pans out will smith i mean look i'll he's not he's he hasn't been amazing lately but i'll still watch him you know he's still fucking he's still got great screen presence i think this this movie doesn't look that amazing to be honest like i was just like i was like two years before the episode you asked me if we should cover this and i was just like yeah 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 but like that's only because like i watched this trailer originally with the sound off and now i watched <laughs> it with the sound on and i'm just like it's there's still nothing here that super really excites me um uh, well the sad thing is i yeah. feel like judging by this trailer they actually give you more information than they did before like well, that's trailer two right like that's that's how it always goes yeah but like in the first one it just seemed like they were going against each other this one it sort of alludes to the fact that maybe they'll team up and we know a little bit more of the backstory of it which makes just it's kind cool of makes it a bit more interesting back. Sorry? Cool to see Clive Owen back. Like, I haven't seen him in a movie in a while. Yeah. But I'm going to stick to my guns with what I said before. And I actually, I'm going to double down on it with this trailer is that it feels like a movie from the early 2000s. And um, to, to, to almost like to emphasize my point and to convince me even more, they literally have a move out of. Remember that movie Talk? Where they do like martial arts on yes. motorbikes and shit. There's yeah. literally a scene where the where the bike does like a roundhouse kick and someone gets hit in the face with a bike wheel. Oh, it's so early two thousands. And, oh, and and God. you know, I can't watch this and not think of Jet Lee's the one, which was like what, two thousand and two or some shit. Yeah, but um, here's the thing, like this isn't this doesn't seem like a movie that Ang Lee would make. It doesn't. Like, um in fact I mean? that's something that interests me. I wonder if Okay, either A, he's playing director for hire, because this doesn't have, like, his- It doesn't feel like his DNA is in it. Like, he usually does really weird shit, and I don't think it's that weird. So, I am curious to see, and I, I felt the same way about, like, like when, uh, oh, fuck, what's his name? The Straight Out Compton guy did Fast and the Furious, and, uh, 
Um, I, I, I always, I'm always interested when I do see a director that is usually good do a film where it kind of looks like they've had a bit more restraints on them, like when, a, you know, working within the studio setting. But usually I see the franchise films. Gemini Man is not a franchise. So I wonder, I don't know, is this what it looks like when Ang Lee plays ball and or he doesn't, he's not left to his own devices? Or maybe he's intentionally doing this. I, I, I don't know. Also, um, one of three writers is David Benioff. Ben uh, Benioff uh, of Game of Thrones fame, one of uh, D&D, written the screenplays, written the story, uh, <laughs> two great strengths of his that we've seen in Game of Thrones. Um, but that's that's kind of like sort of like balanced out by Billy Ray as another writer. He did uh, Captain Phillips and more recently Overlord, which was fucking great. I thought you were going to say Billy Ray Cyrus. I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Old Town Road. Like- <laughs> Miley's dad. All right, let me lay this on you, because because you started to make that joke, and um and uh, I'm not seeing anyone bring this up, right? As a culture, as a mainstream culture, we used to think Game of Thrones was the best writing on TV. So much to the point, you once got mad at me when I dissed the writing on Game of Thrones. Now, Game of Thrones has done like a complete 180. After this last season, people act as if. Game of Thrones has the worst writing of all time. And let's 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 calm down. It's no Walking Dead, right? It's no it's no Gotham. That was some of the worst TV writing I've seen. But um that, for some reason like we were still on board with the last few seasons and with this last like it's so bad that the showrunners refused to show up to Comic-Con. Like do you think they deserve the flack that they're getting right now? Cuz I feel like all their careers um, are ruined at this point. Uh- all the Rose writers. I th- look, it is really sad that you know that the, the the backlash. But I mean, honestly, it's pretty fucking bad, dude. The, and the writing is super lackluster. And like, um, like I mentioned on the episode that I did with Jill, the the our recent Game of Thrones episode, it it's just not it's not up to snuff. And like, you can see that how I got I got pissed at you because like what we were like talking about was just like. We were referencing previous seasons that have already that were already written by J- by George R. R. Martin, and that like that's where we that's where David Benioff and D.B. Weiss were getting most of their like sort like stuff from back when you know they were colluding with George R. R. Martin. But once once that material once they've caught up with that material, it just it, like you can totally tell that they're just. They're rushing it. They've been told. Like, you can literally tell that this is stuff that they've been told. They've only been, like, told the big points. And, like, the like they do the big stuff okay. Like, and like when I say okay, they just, I just only mean okay. But to do all the connective tissue, like, that Game of Thrones is known for, they, they weren't able to pull that off because they weren't really, you know, they weren't really given that stuff in detail. So, I, I think, honestly... I think I think a little bit of it is warranted, to be honest, because you can't blame HBO because HBO have said no. It's actually David Benioff and DB Wise because they wanted to rush off and do Star Wars. Yeah, like I I, I do wonder, but I don't know if that means they're bad though, right? The fact that they had to rush an ending, and we've seen a lot of shows where they had to either they get cancelled or they have to rush rush an ending now. To be Not fair, to be fair, no Game, of Thrones, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones didn't have to end. Like they, they chose to do that. And you could blame laziness. You could blame a lot of things. But if they were tackling a new project, I don't imagine they'd be rushing it like that. But now I haven't read the Game of Thrones books, but I imagine a lot of that connective tissue they had a hand in for the shows, right? Like they, like they did make changes from from and and even though the structure of the show is different to the structure of the books and i just i just feel like some of the some of the um the backlash it's gone a bit out of hand and i don't think it is fair cuz we have to acknowledge the fact that you know the the books ended like 3 seasons ago and i think that the the fan reaction the way that's spilling out of game of thrones into other projects um i feel like it's a little unfair um, but much like everybody else, I was very disappointed with the final season. Um, in fact, the last few, I was pretty disappointed with. I still enjoyed it, but I enjoyed it for different reasons and not the- 
has good reasons. I don't think you know it's what I mean? Super unfair, man. Like I mean, like you're you're judging you're judging someone. You know, I mean, like I'm not basing basing it on them as people. I'm basing it on them on like previous thing they previous things they've done professionally. Like you know, mm. it's not like I'm I'm taking like uh <laughs> like I'm 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 like oh Kevin Spacey was like you know in the news for this, so he must be a bad <laughs> person professionally. No, 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 no that's no. not yeah. it at all. Like at all. Like I'm I'm looking at David Benioff and DB Weiss's professional career. And I'm like, uh, I don't really know about this because I've I've seen what they what they can do. Like they they can do they can do great stuff. Some of which you can contribute. You you're gonna have to contribute to George R. R. Martin. Yeah, and yeah, some true. of which some of which just isn't really up to snuff. And honestly, like like the characters just. When it when it was like one hundred percent David Benioff and Debbie Weiss, characters just ended up like talking differently, and like they just ended up you know acting differently. It's it's it didn't really jive with the rest of Game of Thrones, and I think I think the backlash, it, while you know it is sad and it is over the top, like I don't you know I'm I'm done with it. Like I'm not fucking pissed. Like I'm just yeah. like oh it's 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 finished. You know that's the end. I'm not like someone who will literally fucking you know burn them at the stake. Um, but uh, it is sad that there are people out there like that. But I will literally say I have some worries over this new project because uh, David Benioff is writing. That's all I'm saying. Mm. And I just want to make it clear, I'm not saying that they're all amazing stuff. I clearly, obviously, saw the changes in quality um, throughout later seasons and stuff. And I think all seasons had some issues. Like, I don't put Game of Thrones up on the pedestal that most people do, even before it went bad. But that's because of, like, my own personal things, like, um, and personal tastes and stuff. But that being said, like, I, I, I still have a lot of respect for those writers, and I think- I haven't seen enough. Like, here's the thing: like one pro, I consider Game of Thrones as a whole as one project, and they did some shitty things towards the end. But I feel like that doesn't weigh down the whole show as a result. I know finales can be a big deal for a lot of people. It does a little bit for me, but like I am excited to see that team in other projects. Like I've seen Peter Dinklage in a whole bunch of other films, and uh, I've loved him in that, and, and same with other actors too. But yeah, I just thought it was an interesting thing to bring up and get your thoughts on. Um, Look, let's close off the trailers. We've got probably the one that's got most people excited. I'm, I'm, I might be in a different a basket than rest. But uh, tell me, what do you think of Zombieland Double Tap? Um, so this was this is something that everyone's been anticipating. Literally, can you believe the first one came out ten years ago? You like, how what? old does that make you feel? It does. It does. Because I remember that coming out too. You know? Yeah. Right, exactly. And I remember I remember a double feature. I remember watching it like back to back with like paranormal activity. <laughs> um like that that first one. So, yeah, look man, this trailer I I'm I'm excited. I'll still say it, but like this trailer is not the greatest. Like it's not, you know. It's I like they're, they're retreading Fleischer, he's, they're retreading a lot of old territory, aren't they? Well, they are. And look, you know, in the nostalgia world that we live in, like, you know, that's kind of a smart move. But like, mm. I think Ruben Fleischer as a director is not, he's not that strong. And like Zombieland, probably the first one is is his best movie by far. Um, like he's only done really, like he did Gangster Squad and he did Venom. Like they're not great fucking movies. So <laughs> what, what do you think of Zombieland, the original film? Yeah, by I the mean, way? look. I loved it. I loved. I love the first Zombieland. I'll. We'll probably end up covering it one day on the podcast because I really like that first one. See, see, um, this I think might be. It, I think it is. Oh, go on, sir. Uh, I think it's super unique. Um, I think there's not really that many zombie films like that. Um, I love the chemistry between the cast as well. Like the chemistry is fantastic. Not to mention that amazing Bill Murray cameo. Um, there's a lot to love about that first film. Absolutely. So it was. It was a nice little surprise. See, yeah, I'm in this weird. I feel like I'm the minority, but I think the first Zombieland film is extremely overrated. Um, that being said, I haven't seen it in a long time. Maybe if I rewatch it, I'll change my mind. But I think with this trailer, they're smart to put the cast in first and use that as their big pulling point because that is kind of a fucking awesome cast, right? Like, um, there's there's a lot of big names there that matter. But I just feel like the the, the way they handled the comedy in Zombieland, it's a lot of it. Even back then, I felt like I'd sort of seen it before. It was just a new presentation. and But I'd seen it maybe not in Hollywood films, but on like flash things on the internet and shit, you know? It just, I felt like it didn't bring a lot of new shit to the table. Like Shaun of the Dead, the other big 
zombie parody. That feels fresh still now, but Zombieland to me just, I never found it that unique, but I feel like most people do. So maybe it's, you know, to each their own. Um, and with that in mind, this new trailer, nothing really excites me. It's because I feel like I've seen, I've already seen this and I wasn't that crazy about it before. Don't get me wrong. I love my zombies. I love my comedies. I love this cast. I actually love this cast more now than I did back then because I've seen them in so many more things. So I'll still watch it second I can. Honestly, the thing that got me the most interested was <laughs> seeing uh, Thomas Middleditch pretty much play Jesse Eisenberg um, at the end, which got me chuckling because on Silicon Valley, he's basically copy and pasting Jesse Eisenberg's performance from Social Network, you know? Um, so right. that got me a little chuckle. But yeah, I don't know. I think I have to see more of this to get me excited, but I'll watch it regardless, you know? Just yeah. um, throwing it out there, Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd are in this movie. Playing oh, themselves. Didn't Bill Murray die in the first one? Uh, yeah, pre- yeah. I'm not going to spoil it on the podcast, but like, yeah, it, it is a it is a running joke. Like this. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to spoil it. But I know they they could do something funny with that. Um, but yeah, anyways, um, that kind of wraps it up with trailers this week, I believe. Oh, the only I think to mention is, um, in addition to Gemini Man, we also got new trailers for Twenty One Bridges and Angel Has Fallen. Um, we're not going to get into that. I do think the new Angels Fallen trailer is a lot better. Um, and 21 Bridges, I'm kind of the same. I'm really excited for 21 Bridges, by the way. Um, that was done at Comic-Con, but, you know, I can't I'm, wait for 21 Bridges, I'll see to be I'm not, I'm not, I'm not totally, yeah, I don't know. I've got I don't a, know why you're so excited. I'll, I don't I'll, know. Like, I'll I see think, it. like, that first trailer, I could just see they're doing some character work. And I love, I love these directors. I love this lead. And just the, the way they're doing this detective sort of story. Oh, sorry, not directors, uh, the producers, sorry. The, the Rooster Brothers are producing, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I know that they would have had a lot of- They would have gotten their hands in on the script, I imagine, in some capacity. So, yeah, I don't know. There's something about this that, that film. I'm just really excited for it. I'm, I'm keen to see how it goes. And Angel's Fallen, you know, I, I just like dumb action films. Um, I don't expect it to be great, though. But the new trailer is a lot better. Uh, that movie is getting destroyed in the after party, by the way. I, I'm not surprised. That <laughs> I'm not surprised, you know? But you know what? I don't like letting public opinion sway me too much. Matthew, it looks it looks it looks trash. <laughs> it just it's allowed looks to be so trash. Bad. You can still like trash, you know? I know, I know. I know. You're allowed just, to like trash sometimes. It looks, but um yeah, I, I acknowledge it's, it's not it's probably gonna be a six out of ten, but I might have a fun six out of ten with it, you know? We'll see. Um okay. Speaking of six out of tens, that's not fair. I'm not gonna give it six out of ten. Uh, we got a review <laughs> for The Lion King, the the big new Disney film, live action, live action, question mark, remake. Let's get into it. For the rest of your days, it's a problem-free philosophy. Akuna Matata. Akuna Matata. Akuna Matata. Akuna So, The Lion King. This is a big one for Disney. Uh, what do you reckon, Zerb? Um, I was kind of disappointed. Uh, just going to throw that out there. Like, okay, I had high expectations because of Jon Favreau and because of what I saw him do with The Jungle Book. I remember sitting there in The, in the Jungle Book and I turned to my mate uh, during the stampede scene and I was like, man, imagine if they did The Lion King like this. And then literally the day after The Lion King was announced with Jon Favreau as director. And I'm pretty sure I've told this story on the podcast so many times, but still. Yeah, it was, it was just kind of like, and I don't like saying this, it's not really something that I get into but I don't see the point of this film. <laughs> like, like you know what I mean? Other than, other than to not show children the original. Uh, like, if if children were like, I want to see something new, or, or something you know, like a bit something that looks more modern, like visually looks more modern, then that's why you'd whip this out. But other than that, man, like I think the like this this is just there's no soul to it. Like it seems very. By the numbers, it seems very flat. Like all of the, and like it's really tough not to compare it to the original because it's just, it's so faithful to the original. Like 
like yeah, you have even to. to a point where it's just yeah, but even to a point where it's just like totally, uh, it, it works against it. You know what I mean? Like it works against that it's so faithful. Like there's nothing new in here that it's just like oh that's that's interesting. Like you know what I mean? Like whereas like things like Aladdin, like Aladdin had its own sort of like. Like what well, what they did with Jasmine, I really like what they did with Jasmine in that film. Like they kind of went into a different direction with it, into a more sort of like modern direction. But like this this was kind of just like shot for shot, <laughs> like A to B to C to D all the way through to Z. Uh, nothing about it was original, and I think that definitely takes away from it. Visually, it looks fucking spectacular. Like this is one of the most beautiful films I've ever seen in my life. Um, that, like it's it's amazing to believe that this is where CG is now. It's kind of fucking crazy. I think one of the the biggest thing here that I kind of have the negative about. And it, it it definitely was a little concerning leading up to it too because it, you could kind of tell by the trailers the photorealistic animations that they've gone for they can't emote like do you know what I mean like it's tough for the faces to emote it's tough for them to show emotions to things like you know your father is dead you did this you you caused his death like it's tough to show a facial reaction that is that is emotional in Simba's face when you're going for a realistic look. Whereas like obviously in a cartoon you can show that, you can show that to fucking to your heart's <laughs> heart's content. But here it was just like Scar tells Simba that, you know, you caused your father's death. And then the voice of Simba is what tells you that this should be sad and the music tells you that this should be sad, but nothing visually about his facial features tell you that this should be sad. Same thing happens when, you know, Beyonce, <laughs> Beyonce, when, <laughs> when Nala meets Simba, a grown-up Simba in the forest, and it's just like this should be a happy reunion. And, you know, they sing, can you, can you feel the love tonight? Like they sing that. But it's just like literally you're watching two lions just kind of like, you know, run around and hug each other and stuff. And there's no, it feels very emotionless and very soulless. And like, that was just a total negative that I had. But man, I loved Billy Eichner and Seth Rogen in their respective roles as yes. Timon and Pumbaa do. Like those, yes. those two fucking stole the show for me, man. Absolutely, absolutely great. But like, I, I think, yeah. And again, I don't like saying it, but this did not need to happen. Like this did not need to be made. Um, it feels very soulless, um, and I'm a little disappointed in Favreau. Like, I, you know, I, that is a director that I put quite a lot of stock in because you know lately he's been fucking killing it. Um, I just think this was a bit of a misstep. I'm not sure how much of that was studio notes. I'm not sure how much of that was his. This is about to cross a billion dollars. Like that is no joke, and that is no surprise. But yeah, I'd probably give this maybe i don't know if I, I don't even know if i could watch it again um i don't think it's a pass for me i think it's about a four okay so i'm in agreement with a lot of things but the big thing i disagree with and i know i'm again i'm probably in a minority in this is i feel like this film was absolutely necessary it needed to happen but what they did with it you could argue either way questionable um the reason i say that is and now this is going to be a soulless response in a way, but it's basically a giant tech demo, uh, which is not a great reason to like a movie, I'll admit, um, because they, they're able to do such amazing things with the technology. Um, it would be so much more impressive, though, if it was an original story, because then that way you got a lot more meat to chew on that's new. I'm sure for a new audience, this would be a... 10 out of 10 for some people. Hold on, right? hold on, hold on. Stay, stay on track. Stay on track. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to get your answer as to why you think this is necessary because it's a tech demo. Because because this story, this story told in this unique way could only be done now. They couldn't do they couldn't tell this film in this way 10, 20 years ago. Now it's a it's a new way to tell the Lion King. And it's something you always say. It's an adaptation or actually, I guess the question, or is it, or is it more of a remake? It's a remake with a different execution and no, this it's is an adaptation for sure. Yeah. Uh, but that's where it gets interesting because like you said, they're unable to emote the same way a cartoon can because they're going for this photorealism and what they, what they've done with the directing of this film. And I think it's very interesting. It's a double-edged sword because sometimes it's awesome. And then sometimes it's, not so awesome, where the way the animals emote 
um, besides their voice, you're right. Like the most of the time, it's the voice that's telling you the emotion. Is the body language because the the way they the animals act in this, and this is one of the best things about the film and the worst things is like they act the way an animal would react. Like most animals don't smile and frown, but they will do body language stuff with their tails and their legs and stuff like that. And it's most noticeable when they're excited. Like looking at Timon when he's excited is is amazing. But then like when you get a scene where a lion is like being a bit cowardly or or scared, you don't notice it as well unless you're looking for the right things. And as a human being watching the watching this film, uh, a lot of those ticks and stuff aren't always super obvious or it, they're a bit harder to relate to. That's the biggest problem with this film is that these characters can be hard to relate to sometimes because of the way they of the the choice in direction of this film, which I think is actually kind of fascinating because technically they're doing an amazing job. But as us as audience members, it's making it hard to relate to that because while on a technical perspective, it's really good on a storytelling perspective, it's not so good. And, and, and the, 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 the biggest problem here, and I'm surprised not hearing more about this is the biggest flaw of this movie. And it stems from this is the songs. For the exception, I'll say of Akun, uh, Akun Matata. I can never pronounce that right because Billy Eichner. Akuna Matata. Akuna Matata. Billy Eichner is so fucking impressive there. And his chemistry with Seth Rogen is insane. You can tell they did it in the same room because the little improv bits in between, like fucking hilarious. But a lot of the songs, because they're being more realistic and being less cartoony, um, uh, it means they can do less things with their bodies. Like, if you look, watch the original, they're showing off for the camera. They're doing all sorts of things. But instead, the animals don't really dance. In fact, most of the songs come down to a character running and walking in a straight line while singing. And that is, I'm not going to say it's boring, but it's a lot less visually interesting than what you'd see in the 2D stuff. To be fair, I've sort of noticed this with a lot of the live action, live action Disney stuff. I noticed this a little bit in Jungle Book. Um, and from what I could see of Aladdin, I haven't seen the full film, but like you compare it side to side to 2D stuff. It's not as exciting, but it's super obvious here. Like when Scar does his song, it's visually kind of lame. They're, they're not doing all the little, the little like cartoony fun stuff anymore. And that's, that's what because I'm saying. they're trying like, to be like, realistic. That's, that's why it didn't really need to be. Made. I mean, I honestly wish they did what Jungle Book did, and they took out a lot of the yes. songs. No, no, like that's this- what I'm saying. I was just about to say that. That's how you fix this issue. You you make it uh, because Jungle Book is not photorealistic. Like like there are still elements of that where like the animals can still emote. You're right. Yeah, that's uh, true. Like like that 2016 one, and it also serves as a showcase for the technology. Like you know, it's like it it works in both like that terms as well. So again. Why does this really need to be made? I, I I would have enjoyed a lot more if they sort of found a middle ground, I think. Actually, I'm pretty sure I would have liked it better if it was a bit more of a middle ground. But yeah, I don't know. I still, I really enjoyed watching this film. Like the one thing you can't deny, the original Lion King has one of the best stories of all time. Or, or you know, from a, my man of all time, but I consider the Lion King and Toy Story 1 kind of like the standard of great storytelling. And so you wouldn't want to change too much understandably, especially if, like, you're risking pissing off fans with all that, like, you know, nostalgia shit. So, like, I get it, and I enjoyed it, and I would watch this again. Plus, they made the end action scene even more epic. Um, there were some things I think were a bit cooler, but, like, the the what brings this film down is kind of what we're saying. Like, the heart feels like... I wouldn't say the heart's not there, but it does feel like we've lost a little bit with going so realistic. At times, it's really cool, but... But a lot of times it's it's not. Um, but the one thing I do gotta proper uh, give props for is I fucking love the cast of this movie. Um, everyone fucking kills it. I love. I lo- I think it's hilarious at times. Um, I do feel like the Pumba fart jokes could have went. I think they feel a bit dated. But yeah, I, I really really enjoyed this movie. And I re- and the the one thing I left saying after this film is I want to see Billy Eichner and Seth Rogen lead a, f- a live action film together because those two had fucking hilarious chemistry. Um, I love them both separately, but I think together, give them a, like a buddy comedy film that'd be fucking dope. I but do. Yeah. I do want to. Oh, I on. do want to add. I do want to add, like the story of the original Lion King. It's not. A, it's is isn't exactly original. Like oh, it's, it's not, not. But it's it's well told. 
with great it is characters. Well told. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, no, it, it is. It is well told, absolutely. But like, I think, I mean, I mean, like, it's a fucking Oscar winner. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we won two Oscars. But like, Ted, like, like that movie, by the way, has twenty eight writers. Like, the main ones being um, Ted Elliott and Terry Rossio, who did like you know parts of the Caribbean and shit. But like, mm. I mean, it's Hamlet. Like, the story is Hamlet. Like, you, there are adaptations of that. Of that of Shakespeare's play Hamlet, that you know have been fucking going on through time. Sons of Anarchy is another fucking great example of like Hamlet. Um, actually, not a great example, but still like same story, same storyline. Yeah, like, but you know, it's, it's it's a it's, it's an the way it's tale. told though, which what makes it good. You know, it's it's the characters around it. Like it's sure it's an archetype for a story. It's got a lot of very familiar beats. You know, the a lot of people said this is uh. You know, Simba's a complete ripoff of a Japanese thing called Kimba as well. Like, it's like this film has had, for Disney's first original film, it's pretty unoriginal. Um, but I do, I, I, I do think it's, it's great. I think Toy Story is a better example of a, of a great standard of awesome storytelling. You know, why, why, why fuck up? Why, what I say, don't, don't fix what isn't broken. But yeah, like, I do like the fact that they did it with this, with this style. I found it very entertaining, but I don't, I unfortunately, and I was on record for this. I did say multiple times this will be the greatest film of all time. It's not, unfortunately. I think it had potential to be up there, but um, like you, I also left disappointed. However, I really enjoyed it. I would watch it again. Um, for me, it's about a. I'm going to give it a, a light eight, a strong seven to light eight, um, because I love, I, I, you know, it's the same old. Oh, also, the score, I feel like. The modernness of it compared to the original, Hans Zimmer knocked it out of the park. So yeah, I love the, I love the, I love the visuals. I love the, the, the cast, the voice acting. I loved, um, the score. I, there's a lot of stuff to love, but I wish we got a bit more cartooniness thrown in there for emotional reasons. Yeah. That's it for me. Um, do you have anything else to say about Lion King? Um, not particularly, man. Like this is kind of like, yeah, I'm just. I think more than anything, I'm just kind of like disappointed. Uh, <laughs> mostly because like, just the talent behind it, and um, just what they could have done. Like, it, it feels like, yeah, I don't know. Like, what, what's been said has been said, man. Like, it just seems like they could have put some more originally originality into it and some more heart, and like that would have been great. But what can you do? And they uh, fucked up Rafiki. Like, I mean, come on, dude. Uh, how so? How so? Because I haven't seen the original in a while. Just most clips, but. So in the original, Rafiki is like this loud, just like really kind of like extra oh, character. Yeah, he's a lot more <laughs> like, reserved you know than I mean? this one. Hey, he also like he, one he, thing. Dude, that- he's got he's got one line. He's got one fucking line. Yeah, but in the in the original, I remember he had a scene where he had the stick. It was going kind of like all like Asian Hong Kong cinema martial arts with it, and for realism, like he just hits someone with the stick that. at one point. Um, and so oh, okay, that that could have been an opportunity for some fun. But yeah, no, you are right. Like, I think it's still an awesome movie, but like when your source material is one of the greatest animations, one of the most celebrated animations of all time, like you kind of expect a little bit more. Um, but yeah, that's it for us this week on Midnight Double Feature. Uh, my brother, where can we find Midnight Double Feature? It's deja vu. It's like I've already asked you this. <laughs> yeah, you have. You have right at the top of the episode. But- in case you guys weren't listening, guys, you can find Midnight Double Feature on Facebook. We have our main page, which is the, uh, sorry, which is Midnight Double Feature. And then we have our group connected to that, which is called The After Party. So that's where we post, our, again, our memes, news, and teasers of what's to come on Midnight Double Feature. We actually have a quite a doozy of an episode coming up this weekend. We are covering Roadhouse. 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 <laughs> Roadhouse. That one should be fucking fun. I'd say that very flatly. The, the more exciting than that is our guest on that episode. So we actually have Dean, uh, founder and host over at LSG Media, uh, coming over to help us cover that one. So I know Ooh. he's really keen. That movie's right up his fucking alley, man. Colin, uh, really keen for that movie. Me, yeah. Excited, I guess, for that movie. <laughs> Teaser. <laughs> but yeah, really keen for that, man. Really, really stoked for that. Um, I'm going on holidays soon, by the way. Did you know this? I, I did. And Colin and I will be doing an episode or two. Uh, we, we're looking at organizing just us, the two of us, doing a 
doing a feature presentation together. So, so um, get ready for a so whole new betrayal. vibe. So much betrayal happening over here on both fucking sides of the I know. party. How dare you leave us? How dare you go on a holiday, Zoheb? How dare you betray <laughs> our beautiful listeners? How, how dare I kick my feet back? Just, you know, like, how dare? How dare I? You know? Exactly. Um, I'm glad we're on the same page, okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, guys, you can also find us on uh, uh, Instagram, which is at Minar Double Feature, and then on Twitter, where the handle is at MDFpod. You can send us an email at any time, which is midnightdoublefeature at gmail.com, and you can listen to us anywhere on YouTube, Spotify, whatever, uh, fucking iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, I don't give a shit. I'm, I think we're on SoundCloud, I don't know. And then we also would like you guys to rate and review us, please. That would be the greatest thing of all time um you know it doesn't take long just put up a star and just tell us why that'll be awesome and thank you very much that's it for us this week on midnight double feature thanks for hanging out with us and we'll catch you next time (laughs) 